This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the TGT Stadium. Thank you so much for joining me in attendance for the Guna Talks Arsenal Transfer Show. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for making this part of your usual morning routines. We are nearly there. We are one day away from match day. We have made it through what has felt like at the same, like whilst it's been, I feel like the season's come around quite quickly. You know, it, it it does feel a long time since that last game against Everton. You know, that was a long, long time ago. Um, I'm very happy that the season is back underway. I'm very happy that Arsenal are, of course, back. And uh, there's plenty of football to talk about. I'm happy that transfers, despite, of course, loving talking about transfers every day, that, you know, that's going to be kind of a, a side chick, if you will, to the season. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we see tomorrow against Crystal Palace and a massive, massive opener for the club that we are expected to pull off a statement victory in. Uh, good morning to Matt G. Good morning to Paul, to Brad, to Blackshine, to Z, to Kaiser. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Jose, Tony, Steve, Simon, Paul. Thank you for joining me. PJ, Colton, Melanie, uh, Anz. Hope you're doing good, my friends. Uh, Stevie, Damien and Stephen. Uh, thank you so much for continuing to support the channel. And good morning to all of you in the chat box who I unfortunately cannot say hello to everybody. Now, speaking of tomorrow's game, yesterday we did our first preview show, the Arsenal preview show, with uh, our new graphics, of course, uh, for the season. I was joined by Dan and Kian and King to talk all things Crystal Palace and Arsenal. Make sure that if you haven't already gone and given that a watch that you do. Uh, I'm sure you've got plenty on your watching list to do today, considering All or Nothing is now, of course, fully out from episodes one to three. Um, and I'll talk a little more about that during the second half of today's show. If you've got any questions 
on that. But yes, uh, we did preview the show, uh, the game for tomorrow. So make sure you indeed go and give it a watch. Now, Ramsdale has been given a brand new number. Uh, he will take the number one after Burton Leno's move to Fulham was confirmed. I believe this is quite similar to what will happen with William Saliba with the number two. That said, it does depend on how quickly Arsenal can get Bellerin out. I think if there is any big news on this today potentially there's time for Saliba to change his number to number two. If he plays tomorrow with the number 12, and I'm not sure when the registration time for numbers is, I don't know how he can change. I've never seen someone change their number during a season once it's already kicked off from a competitive sense. So if William Saliba does indeed play with the number 12, uh, I think that's what he will have to stick with for the remainder of the season. Following Balogun's low move to Ons uh, has, uh, has has been confirmed. The amount of times people have told me about how I pronounce Ons, <laughs> I'm trying to do what they're telling me. Apparently, you pronounce the R at the back of the throat. Uh, it sounds a bit like France said in Fre- with a French accent, just without the Ons. Uh, so, Balogun has moved to Ons, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I wish him the absolute best of luck. Uh, next season and hope uh, he absolutely smashes it. I think you've seen a trend now of Arsenal loaning players out to Liga, Tavares, of course, joining Marseille and Saliba last season. They clearly see Liga as a great league that they can get their players developing in and getting plenty of game time at a top, top level. Charlie Patino joined uh, Blackpool uh, and will join them for the rest of the season. I spoke to Guy Clark on the Arsenal way and he had some concerns about this low move. Didn't particularly think it was the best decision for Charlie Patino and explained very well as to the reasons why. I wrote a piece around that as well. Uh, and it did cause quite a stir between... Uh, Blackpool fans. A uh, guy does some work for Preston North End, who are a very close rival of Blackpool, of course, even though he's an Arsenal fan. But uh, yeah, but Patino will join up with Blackpool for the next season, and we wish him the absolute best and hope it's a raging success. Uh, Monza have made their offer to Pablo Marie. Uh, he's expected within uh, the next kind of 24 hours that a deal will be agreed between Arsenal and the Italian side. He will go on loan, and if Monza do stay up, Arsenal will receive a fee that Monza will be uh, obliged to pay. So it's effectively and hopefully a permanent deal should Monza stay up. So we're all going to be keeping track of whether or not they're in the relegation zone. Hopefully they can stay up for next season. They've done quite a few deals like this. So there are a few players in their squad that you would say should help them stay up. And uh, if they stay there, uh, if they do stay up, then of course those deals become permanent. Now, yesterday we talked about Lucas Torreira's move to Galatasaray. Now this is becoming a little bit of a strung out process um and i think that with his thought process is very much focused on italy and spain as we talked about we did all find it a bit odd that galatasaray had managed to sort a deal out now the latest is that terrera has stalled on this and that he is still yet to be convinced fully that galatasaray is the best place to go for him I hope that he moves. You know, I hope that we just kind of get this situation sorted as soon as feasibly possible. But it's just, it's a frustration, of course, because we want to get this deal just done and out of the way and moved on from and, and then Arsenal can reinvest that money elsewhere. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's stalling right now. Apparently, he's hoping that Valencia uh, kind of come in and, and up their offer. But Arsenal have absolutely no need to accept anything less than the £7 million that Galatasaray have offered for him now. That's clearly the price. That's what they're willing to offer. 
And now I think Torreira is waiting to see if any other club come in and agree a price with Arsenal at that same figure. It's a very fair, more than fair, you know, price considering the situation. Arsenal should have got around 15 million euros from Fiorentina in the summer. And that's obviously not happened. So uh, Torreira will hopefully decide his future very, very soon indeed. But there's no there's no guarantees and there's no uh, confirmation that Galatasaray will happen at this stage. Bellerin's contract could yet still be terminated. Reports coming from Spain claim that uh, Betis's talks and Bellerin's representative talks with Arsenal are going positively and that a resolution will hope, hopefully be found very soon. Arsenal would save themselves around £5 million in wages if they were to cancel Bellerin's contract. But of course, it does mean that they would receive no transfer fee for the player at all. It may be one that Edu again tries to avoid conflict and just agrees to. And we move on with the hope that Arsenal's sales department improves drastically in the next few years or so. But it might be just one unfortunate with Bellerin that we just need to make our peace with and allow to leave. Now, Arsenal will miss out on one Belgian midfield target as Amadou Anana, who was linked to the club. And we obviously spoke to Sasha Tavalieri on the channel not so long ago about Arsenal's interest and uh, monitoring and scouting of the midfielder. He looks more set now to join Everton. West Ham United had looked to secure a deal around 35 million euros, but Everton have trumped that now. 35 million euros plus 5 million more in add-ons is said to have secured the signing of Amadou Anana, and he even prefers a move to Goodison Park over West Ham, which I find a little strange, considering if I was a player and I had the choice between West Ham and, uh, and Everton right now, I would certainly be choosing the former. Um, sorry, I'd be certainly be choosing the latter in terms of West Ham, because I just, you know, they're obviously a better club in the league right now, they're more stable, and I really feel as though Everton could still be a relegation candidate for next season, especially considering Dominic Calvert-Lewin has got another injury in freak in a freak training accident. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with Anana in the end, but he looks as though he's going off to Everton and won't be at Arsenal after some significant scouting from the Gunners in the player. Now, a big bombshell was dropped last night uh, by Fabrizio Romano, who experienced a little bit of backlash for a certain other story, which I know that you're all very much well aware of right now regarding Mukulea. Um, but he has reported that Chelsea are exploring the possibility of signing Abamyang as their new striker for next season. Uh, how would we feel about this one? Very interesting move indeed if it was to take place. Is it surprising? I don't think so. I don't think it's a surprising move. They have just signed Lewandowski. They've still got Depay there. Um, Abamyang would be second fiddle, you would think, to the Polish forwards. I was kind of intrigued to see Abamyang and Lewandowski play in the same team, but uh, it seems as though Chelsea are now looking potentially at the Gabonese forward to be their new striker for next season. You wouldn't argue that he wouldn't lack motivation to play for Chelsea. I don't think that would ever happen. Would it change your view of him as a player of Arsenal? Uh, I don't know, but he certainly wasn't on firing in all cylinders by the time he left the club. But perhaps that's because of his mindset at uh, at Arsenal at the time. If he was to go to Chelsea, I think there would be a part of me inside that would be a bit concerned um, that he would uh, kind of come back to bite us a little bit. Hopefully it would fail dramatically. And uh, anyone that goes down that pathway, obviously we don't wish them well whilst they're there. Um, Cesc Fabregas's documentary was on last night and I still need to catch up on that but uh, he obviously trod that path and did very well for himself winning a Premier League title so maybe Aubameyang's looking at it in a very similar way as well but uh, 
an interesting line to follow and to see if Chelsea finally get in a striker and to see if it does end up being Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And that completes all of today's stories. Uh, very interesting ones to go through. Aubameyang, of course, being the highlight. And we're going to go through some of your thoughts and questions in the chat box as well. We're going to have a little bit of a chat about the All or Nothing series now, of course, that it is out. Uh, and uh, I hope that you've seen, had a chance to watch some of it at least. Uh, we'll be trying to do a breakdown on some of the episodes, but it is, it's tricky. It's from now having a look into it, it's trickier than I thought it was going to be, especially because I'm away this weekend. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's a lot harder than just taking screenshots of the uh, of the trailer like we did for one of the other shows. <laughs> it's, you can't do that when it's on Amazon Prime. So we'll have to work some some kind of way of still discussing it. Anyway, uh, let's take a quick break and then go to some of your questions. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat and see what you guys have got to say. Um, Freddie says, watch the first three episodes of All or Nothing. Loved it. My fave bit was the speech by Stuart McFarlane before the Spurs game. Topman, what was your favorite bit of the first three episodes? Uh, to be honest, I need to watch it again. I've, I've watched it. Uh, I watched it last week, early start of last week when I got it early. And um, I think the bit that stands out as well as you know, Stuart McFarlane is the is not necessarily a favourite bit, but uh, and I can talk about this now <laughs> because it's out. But the Burnley game, you know, before the Burnley game, and if you've not seen this, maybe you want to click off. Um, there's a bit before the Burnley game where Arteta does this exercise where he's like rubbing his hands together in like this this exercise where um, he's trying to like g them up for the game. Um, which works clearly because we won. Uh, and then after the game, <laughs> uh, Abamyang takes the opportunity to uh, <laughs> takes the opportunity to then decide to take the mick out of the pre-match exercise, which I thought was a little, you know, a little bit too close to the bone for me, um, and probably a little bit undermining uh, in regards to uh, Arteta's position, and potentially is one of those key parts of that. Anyway, I'm not going to talk any more spoilers, so that's the only thing I'm going to say. Uh, but uh, we'll wait and see what indeed does come forward from the series in the future. Uh, Answer says, uh, what did he say was wrong with Patino's low move, Tom? Uh, basically, when I was speaking to Guy yesterday, he was talking about Charlie Patino's low move and about the uh, the idea that Blackpool don't particularly have that much of the ball. And they are one of the more high, one of the higher relegation candidates as well in the league. You know, they are expected to be in that relegation scrap with other teams in the championship. And because of that, there is a concern that he won't see enough of the ball, won't develop enough as a player at Blackpool. And that's that's a little bit of a problem, um, a little bit of an issue. So I think that's the reason why. I hope that he still absolutely smashes it. Um, and I hope he absolutely um, succeeds because we need that player in Patino to be a player that can be one for the for the Arsenal future. Let's hope and wait and see that that indeed does become the case. Um, let's go to uh, Jamal, uh, who says, uh, what do you think of Chukwezi, a Villarreal to play back up to Saka? I'm not sure he's of the level that I'm looking for. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think he's a player of, of a level of quality uh, and I like what he's done at Villarreal, but I, I personally think Arsenal can get better 
than Chuck Wazy. Uh, I think there are better options out there. Uh, Edwin says, morning, Tom. Do you think we are genuinely in for Tillemans or is all of this a smokescreen as no official bid made regardless of moving players out from within the club? Yes, I do think we're genuinely interested in Yuri Tillemans. Uh, it's just now about waiting for these players to move on. I still think Arsenal certainly are looking at other targets as well that are not as well known. Arsenal have done very well to keep a lot of their business quiet for what their intentions are. And I think they are waiting to kind of, you know, jump the boat a little bit in order to try and get those signings once they've moved players out. But now we've seen, you know, Leno's gone, Tavares has gone on loan, Balogun's gone on loan, Patino's gone on loan, Oconquo's gone on loan. Um, Marie's moving closer to a departure. Torreira's moving closer to a departure. Bellerin's closer to his, to his contract being terminated. So, you know, we are moving a hell of a lot of players out and quite rapidly. So you can imagine that the end of this window is going to be used to try and get some quality into the team. I was listening to the Arsenal Vision podcast yesterday and I thought Clive spoke brilliantly on the idea of why he feels a wide forward is actually more of a priority than a central midfield option. It really did make me think. I still think I lean more slightly onto the side of thinking that if we are, don't sign a genuine quality box-to-box central midfielder for the second summer in a row, I will be very disappointed, especially one that can cover potentially at the number six role is becoming even more important for me now. I'm concerned about Partey being injured at some point. Uh, but also, I did think that Clive spoke excellently on the idea of bringing in another runner, you know, because if any of Martinelli or Smith-Rowe um, sorry, if any of Martinelli or Saka or Jesus are injured, you take a significant step down, I think, from the style that we've got from those front three. Yes, we don't know what Vieira is going to bring us. Yes, we don't know what's going to happen with Smith-Rowe. But both of those players aren't wingers of great energy and pressing that we're aware of at the moment. And uh, it would, I think, be helpful, as Clive explains, to have a player that could ultimately give you that extra running so that when you had Liverpool with Salamane and, uh, and Firmino, they had Jota. They've now brought in Luis Diaz. You know, they've got Jota as that kind of player who can play across any of the front three to a really high standard. And I think Arsenal needs someone like that in the front three as well. Um, so yeah, Clive, I thought you spoke brilliantly if you are indeed not watching um, <laughs> the All or Nothing series right now instead of this. I mean, who could be doing that? Who would be doing that indeed? Um, Vera says, did Clive make you question everything again? The man is a stage. Look, all I can say is I hope Clive doesn't talk to me about my relationship. <laughs> the wedding may be in jeopardy. Uh, Christopher says, Tom, what do you think about the idea of one more signing this window and one in January after the World Cup? Could find a good deal then, maybe after someone impresses. Or if someone gets injured, I mean, potentially we find ourselves after the World Cup assessing how damaged the squad is after that tournament. Hopefully, no one is injured. But I can almost sit here and say to myself that, yeah, probably someone is going to come back with an injury or a problem that we're going to have to try and deal with. Um, Ian says, was expecting a little bit of tactics, but I guess it was too much. But it was, as expected, more of drama and making Mikel Arteta as the protagonist, which makes sense from Amazon's point of view. Uh, yeah, I mean, you think back to the Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola, they were both the protagonists in the Manchester City and in the Tottenham uh, series. It's, you know, whilst Arsenal have a lot of weight in editing, Amazon ultimately and the director um, have the kind of go ahead on what angle they want to take on the series. I was, I, I, you will see more tactics. You know, tactics will continue to be part of it throughout the series and you'll see more team talks and stuff. 
uh, is the expectation. But um, yeah, Mikel Arteta will be a protagonist in this series. And that is very much down to Amazon and their point of view on trying to create, you know, a narrative basically from the club. I mean, they start off the series with Daniel Kaluuya uh, speaking about whether or not this is the season that Arteta will show if he's the right man to lead Arsenal back in the right direction. So Clearly, Arteta is going to be a protagonist. I don't think that's all that, all that surprising. But you will see plenty of tactical stuff as well. But it, it's it's not TIFO that are making this documentary. So if your expectations were that it was going to be all the in-depth kind of tactics and stuff, that's unrealistic. And there's also the element to remember that we don't really want to give everything away, um, you know. And I don't think Arsenal would be keen on all of their tactics and ideas being given away. There'll be some, of course, little gems of, of knowledge and stuff. But I think there would also be a, had, there would have been discussions around the idea of not leaking too much around the processes behind the coaching for very, very what should be obvious reasons. Uh, Supercat, yes, I did see Daniel Kaluuya describing Arsenal fans as such. Um, obviously, I obviously I think that it's it's kind of you know it's a light heart, it's a joke. But there was part of me that was sitting there going, I don't think everyone's going to take too kindly <laughs> to, to that and being called that. To be honest, I get what you're saying. You know, as a fan base, we have a lot of very reactionary, uh, a lot of very hyperbolic and uh, OTT uh, behaviors. And to be honest. Like, I, I know why he said it, but at the same time, it was a little bit like, oh, oh, that hurt, Daniel. <laughs> you know, I don't think I am that, to be honest, but yeah. Um, and by the way, Jake, he is certainly not an average actor at best. Daniel Kaluuya is one of the best actors out there on the scene right now. Um, Dul Kwanayan says, uh, Tom, Abamyang is a fantastic player, but he is too chill. He avoids putting a leg in anything. That's why Arteta moved him on after he got many chances. If he goes to Chelsea, I don't think he'll fire up. I think he'll be fired up to play against Arsenal, but what he does at Chelsea, if he does indeed agree a deal to move there, would be very interesting indeed. He's been paid a lot of money at Barca, and he moved there for only for nothing six months ago. So it'd be interesting to see what Chelsea would have to pay Barcelona to sign Aubameyang. Um, he scored plenty of goals when he went there as well. So it'll be intriguing how the deal kind of is structured and what kind of fees are involved if he does move there as well. Uh, Hisco says, Arsenal's potential lineup against Crystal Palace. Go and watch our preview show. Uh, we did that yesterday. Certainly uh, worth a watch. Really interesting indeed. Uh, Jasmine says, why do you think Partey is not best positioned as a number six? Can't help but feel triggered by that. What makes you think he's better further forward than he is now? Because he's a centre midfielder. You know, and I think people often misinterpret some of the things that I say. When I said that I don't think his best position is, is a number six, that doesn't mean that I don't think he's good at number six. He's very good as a number six, but his best position is a centre midfielder. That That is his position. That is his position that he was playing Atletico Madrid in a two. You know, sometimes he was deployed deeper as a defensive midfielder, but he played in midfield as a centre midfielder and he was progressive and he was forward thinking and he was getting the ball up the field as he does for Arsenal in a deeper role. His best position is in central midfield. So if we were to ever bring in like an Ibrahim Sangara, for instance, a proper number six, I'd play him. At, I'd play that player at number six and I'd play Partey ahead of them because that, I think, would get you the most out of Thomas Partey moving forwards. Um, let's go to uh, Jake who says, Sambi looks better going forward. Yeah, look, uh, to our understanding, and, and this comes with information Kaya Kainak has got, 
and my colleague of FL is uh, that the club are very impressed with what um, Sambi has done playing in that slightly more advanced central midfield position. Very impressed indeed. Whether or not that has any impact on what business Arsenal end up doing, I don't know. But it was interesting to hear from Sambi Lekonga when he spoke uh, on the counter-attack podcast, I think it was, um, talking about how if he didn't want competition or if he couldn't deal with competition, he wouldn't have joined Arsenal. So it's good to know that he very much is, that's that's where his head at. Um, let's go to Omar, who says, if we don't win against Crystal Palace, there'll be a meltdown. Look, Omar, if we don't win against teams, there is a meltdown. It's just part and parcel of what Arsenal fandom is. That's That's just what we are. We are, as a fan base, very reactionary. If we don't win that game, there will certainly be a lot of criticism. It's a tough game, don't get me wrong. Going to Crystal Palace is never easy, especially on the opening day of the season. But I'm very, very hopeful of getting a win there. I'm very optimistic and I'm loving what we are doing so far. Palace are no mugs. And they're probably the the, the most trickiest game that we've had across the whole of pre-season. And I count Sevilla and Chelsea in that. Chelsea didn't seem really up to speed. And Sevilla, you know, we we ruined them at home. But in a hostile environment at, Chelsea, at, uh, at Crystal Palace, it's a tough one. It's a very, very tough one indeed. Um, Daniel says, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong. We had an agreement for Fiorentina to pay 14 million euros for Torreira. They offered eight instead. Isn't that the same as Galatasaray now? Um, I think they did offer something similar to what that is now. Daniel, I think the reason why maybe we didn't accept that is because we were just so annoyed at Fiorentina uh, that we were just like, no, you can go do one, quite, quite frankly. Obviously, now it's strung out this situation a bit further and we end up losing him for a figure of similar to what Fiorentina end up offering. But uh, yeah, they, they tried to mug Arsenal off. and I don't think we wanted to accept that. Even if it means we accept the same price from another team in the end, you know, we weren't being undermined by Fiorentina in that situation. And I think they burned a couple of bridges, it's fair to say, with their behaviour on the Torreira deal. Um, do you think that Neto and Tonali would be good fits at Arsenal, says Brad? I think that Neto is a really interesting profile of player. But he's also interesting because of the unknown. He had that serious injury. I don't know how he's going to respond to it. I'm not sure I would risk spending what Wolves would ask for. And Tonali, you know, Italian players don't tend to want to leave Italy is the obvious stereotype um, and stigma that surrounds Italian players. Some have. We've seen Scamacca, of course, move this summer to West Ham, but he did play abroad previously in his career as well. Tonali seems very happy at Milan. I don't know why he would leave the uh, the league leaders and the league champions who are going into a Champions League season with really high hopes. So I don't know why Tonali would leave, to be honest. But, you know, he's a, he's a quality midfielder, that's for sure. Um, let's go to Olu, who says, Hey, Tom, I think Partey is one of the best number sixes in the world. As a lone six, only Fabinho, Casemiro and Busquets are comparable to him. Again, me saying that I think his best position is centre midfield doesn't mean I also can't think he's going to be one of the best playing as a number six. But, uh, you know, there are more players playing centre midfield, so he probably ranks slightly lower despite being better for me in that position. It's, yeah, I think people get very fixated on binary answers to questions. If I like one more than the other, it doesn't mean I don't like the other option. I just think he's better as a centre midfielder. That's that's my personal view. Um, Tony says, Tom, has your mind changed about Arteta? Not really, no. You know, my my mind changed on Arteta throughout the course of last season. And I'm very much on board with the idea of of seeing what he can do as a coach, whereas I certainly wasn't after Villarreal and the Manchester City win. But the the all or nothing series isn't going to change my mind, I don't think, about Arteta. If anything, it will make me have my view on Arteta stronger 
because I've really liked some of the stuff I've seen from Arteta during the series. I like how blunt he is. I like how passionate he is. I love how coherent he can be with the players. I mean, it frustrates me that there's people out there calling certain things cringe or embarrassing. It does bother me that that's the case. I don't see that because lots of managers have kind of, you know, wide left field tactics that they want to use to try and help with the mental and psychological side of the game. Doesn't always work, as we know, with the speakers for the Anfield fixture. That said, we went to Anfield and kept a clean sheet not too long afterwards. And one of the first things to end up doing that in a very long time. Um, But no, I don't think the documentary will change my view on Arteta. I think it will probably strengthen the position that I have on the coach uh, more than anything else. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Anakin Skywalker has joined us to say Sambi Lukonga's podcast is great. Everyone should go and listen. Yeah, do go and listen to the Counter Attack podcast. It's a very, very good conversation uh, that you should be aware of. Uh, Mike says, what about Renato Sanchez? Looks like he will be on the move. He's going to PSG. It's a pretty much a done deal if Fab is, to be accurate on that one. So he's off to PSG, I'm afraid, my friend. Uh, let's go to um, Felix, who says, if the development area for Patino is physically isn't a relegation scrap best for him, not really, Felix, because the entirety of the championship is a very physical league. And, you know, the, the concept of a relegation scrap you know, it it makes it sound very physical, but the whole league is physical. I would have rather have seen him go to somewhere like Liga or La Liga or, you know, somewhere like that. I think that I, I've, le- I've leaned much more into seeing Arsenal players go on loan to top leagues um, rather than the championship. People, I think, put far too much weight on the idea of physicality and learning to deal with that. It's, it's I think it is an overblown factor of a loan move and Liga is a very physical league as well so you're not exactly going to lose out on moving to France compared to going to the championship and that's why I'm excited to see what following Balogun can do I mean look how physical Saliba has been and how he's improved that area of his game his aerial threat in terms of defending and clearing is really good as Clive summarized on the Arsenal vision uh certainly go and check that one out because it's worth listening to um let's go to Hugo who says do you have an update on Memphis Depay I think he would be a great option not in regards to any Arsenal interest. Of course, it does seem like he's on the move from Barcelona this summer. We talked about it yesterday because it was an interesting kind of topic of discussion around whether or not Arsenal would be tempted by the idea of of signing Memphis Depay. But there has been no words or whispers or rumours about him potentially moving to Arsenal at this stage. Who knows? Maybe that will change. We'll keep you updated. Um King says Rodri is a number six, but Partey is good as a six and as a centre mid. Exactly. You know, Rodri is like the the complete perfect number six out there in the modern game for me. Rodri is the pinnacle. Uh, Casemiro is obviously another one. But Partey is not like Rodri. There are a lot of differences between Rodri and Partey's game, which I think lean more towards Partey, as I believe, being better as a centre midfielder than a six. He's good at a six. Very good. But I think as a centre mid, he would be great. And that's why I don't actually mind the idea of Arsenal going out and signing a DM this summer, although I don't think that they will. Um, let's go to Stuart McFarlane, uh, a different Stuart McFarlane because it's spelt differently. Um, but we don't talk enough about depth at defensive midfield. Who do you think could come in and provide that competition to Partey? Ibrahim Sangara. I know I've just said it and it's a really boring answer, but yeah, he is the one that I would go to of all of the others. Uh, Omar says, apart from Willock, do you remember any transfer in which we got some money recently? Emi Martinez, of course, we let go for around £18 million all in. And uh, yeah, so he cost us next to nothing and we made a big profit on him. Um, 
Then beyond that, you're looking at Oxlade-Chamberlain, you're looking at Alex Awobi, you're looking at Theo Walcott in the last six, seven years. We haven't been able to do big sales, unfortunately, on players. And that has been a serious frustration of Arsenal and something that needs to change and hopefully will change in the next few years. And I think that obviously the recruitment that we've done in the last few years will eventually lend itself to Arsenal making profits on the players they sell. The players we've been getting rid of are players that weren't signed under the Edu Arteta soul kind of work. They were players that were signed under Wenger, under Emery, or under the time that Raul Sanyehi was still having an influence on the re- recruitment done at Arsenal. So hopefully in the next couple of years, we see some changes in the sales department at Arsenal for the better. Um, Mohamed says, don't you think Arsenal has taken the Tillemans deal too lightly? We don't know, ultimately, Mohamed, because we know that Tillemans would be very open to moving to Arsenal. But we know that Arsenal want to try and get the right player. And that will involve patience and making sure that we look into potentially other options that can give us more of what we need rather than just seeing Tillemans as a good player. I have got my questions about Tillemans. You know, I have questions about whether or not he's going to press enough. I have questions and I have a question about whether he's going to track back and defend enough. I have questions about that because they were things that were highlighted during his time with Leicester. If he moves to Arsenal, clearly the club feel he can improve on those aspects and they will certainly be talking to the player in depth about his ambitions and what he is willing to do in order to play for Arsenal. When I was speaking uh, and listening to Aaron Ramsdale last week about London Colney, and he talked about how Arteta spoke in depth with his family and him, not only about what he's like as a player, but what he's like as a person. So they really look into that kind of stuff when they're trying to sign players. Uh, let's go to Jasmeet says, Tom, did you see what Gabby Agbon Lahore was laughing at us? No. Um, look, people get contracts, unfortunately, in that brand because they're, what's the word, uh, antagonizing um, because they're, you know, they're, what's the word, provocative. That's the word I want. You know, they're really, you know, if you say provocative things, you stay on. Did you hear Jamie O'Hara talking about William Saliba? Like, get rid. You know, they're just not really, it's, they're not genuine opinions. They're just not genuine opinions. Like, one of the things that I find and without sounding too up my own ass, but one of you know the, one of the things I like about doing this channel is that we aren't hyperbolic. You know, we're doing this organically. The people we talk to, the people that come on the channel, I try and get as genuine views as I can from people who believe what they say. I don't always agree with them, but you know, I, the reason one of the reasons why I get Dan Potts on is that he doesn't say things for the sake of it. He says it because he believes it. But unfortunately, there are a lot of viral clips and a lot of very, very big channels that won't do that because it leads to growth. It leads to drama. It leads to, quote unquote, good viewing. So, no, I didn't see what Agbon Lahore said um, because it wasn't genuine. And I don't believe that any of the people that are putting out these ridiculous hyperbolic words are. In fact, I know it as a fact. I'm not going to name any names but I know it for a fact some of them don't believe some of the stuff they're saying. So, yeah, look, it's just ridiculous at this stage, and I'm not going to go and judge or have any kind of real words on what these people are saying because it's not genuine. It's just not true. It's just wrong, <laughs> as the famous meme goes. Uh, let's go to... How long before Saliba gets captain, says Craig. Wow, yeah, a long time. 
a long, long time. Uh, Brad says, do you think Arsenal is really in for Tielemans? Yes, I do. Uh, we absolutely are in for him, or in terms of we are interested in him. But, uh, you know, uh, it depends whether or not... Uh, it, it depends whether or not we decide that any other target we were looking for is just not who we want. It's just not who we're going for. Uh, let's go to scrolling up a little bit higher. Uh, Scrubber Steve says, do you think Isaac was the player Edu spoke about not having the feeling or right mentality for us? That would be my guess. No, I'm not sure. Uh, I think the reason why we didn't get Isaac was because he was just so much money. You know, 75 million pounds was just so much. Uh, there was, uh, I remember Borussia Dortmund supporters theorizing, and it is only theorizing, that Manuela Kanji could have potentially been that player. Um, so he might have been that because there's been, you know, a whole big talk around his contract situation. So he's the most likely candidate, I think, at the moment. Please don't spam my chat box because I won't answer your question. Um, Freddie says, am I getting bored about answering, t- answering questions about Tillemans? Would I ever do this show if I was bored? Of course not. You know, people ask the questions because they want an answer to it. Maybe they tune in a little later and I will try and and do the best I can to answer as many as I can, even if it is ones we've touched upon before. Uh, Sunak says, uh, a perfect six or eight. When are we bringing in Kim Kallstrom? (laughs) Very soon. Very, very soon, I'm sure. Uh, Saliba's France under-21s captain. He is indeed. Uh, I just don't think that he's going to be captain at Arsenal because Odegaard's captain and will probably be for the foreseeable future. So that's, I kind of expect us just to keep hold of of, of Odegaard as captain for the foreseeable and, and that won't really change at all. Uh, let's go to uh, Jonathan who says Fiorentina did not offer any money for Torreira. Something went on internally and their team and Torreira was left disappointed. So there you go. Um, before we finish up, uh, I've been, I was listening this week to both the Arsecast and uh, the Arsenal Vision podcast. And as you know, there has been a elephant in the room, let's say, regarding Arsenal and topics. And you've probably noticed that I have completely avoided talking about it. And the reason why is because for legal reasons, uh, and especially considering, you know, my work, I, I'm just not going to talk about it. But I have just completely ignored it and not addressed it. And of course, a lot of people have been asking questions in chat boxes and saying things and asking what my opinion is and stuff like that. And I've ignored it because I thought that was the best route to take. But listening to both the Arsecast and hearing how Andrew and James McNicholas handled it and how, of course, Elliot handled it on the Arsenal Vision podcast, that did certainly shift my view. And so for those that have keep on asking questions about what the elephant in the room is, and I don't think I need to tell you what that is, um, but I won't be talking about that. So if you ever wanted clarity as to why I'm not talking about it or what, that is the reason. So there you go. Uh, I've addressed it. I'm not going to be talking about it. But thank you so much for tuning in. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Uh, I will see you uh, maybe potentially a little bit later this afternoon. I'm starting work at three. So if there isn't a show after three, there won't be one until tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning is obviously going to be the last... um, It's going to be the last show before... My break over the weekend, uh, I won't be doing the 8am lives. I potentially may be pre-recording something to try and get something to you and so some content out there. But because we're playing on Friday evening, whatever I do before then, it's going to be out of date almost immediately. 
So, you know, it's it's as simple as that. Uh, and I just don't think that uh, anything I, I put out before then is going to be relevant and, you know, what you're going to want to talk about. If there is a chance over the weekend that I can escape from the best Ben and the party, I may record something and put it out on my thoughts because I'm going to be able to watch the game on Friday. Um, but if not, of course, I'll be around back on Monday. But tomorrow morning, 8am, I'll be here. But of course, over the weekend, I won't be. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Uh, drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.